Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends beyond the binary, and Saskalulers, Saskalula to you, patrons, because it's time for Sleep With Me, the podcast to put you to sleep. Uh, hey, are you up all night tossing, turning, mind racing, uh, trouble getting to sleep, trouble staying asleep? Well, welcome. This is Sleep With Me, the podcast that puts you to sleep. We do it with a bedtime story. All you need to do is get in bed, turn out the lights, and press play. I'm going to do the rest. What I'm going to attempt to do is create a safe place where you could set aside whatever's keeping you awake. Uh, whether it's uh, thoughts, uh, feelings, uh, physical sensations, uh, changes in temperature or weather, travel, changes in schedule. Work, you know, Maybe work a, a second or third shift. What's up, shift workers? You know, you deserve, or or you're, you know, you're you're working some sort of environment like you're away for work, uh, like somewhere like globally, and you're you're sleeping and working, and you know you're on a project. Uh, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here to help. Whatever it is, uh, I'm gonna try to create a safe place. I'm I'm uh, I'm here. If you're new, I'm gonna er- try to earn your trust, uh, like those of you that I can. Try to make you feel comfortable. I'm going to send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to send my care, too. I don't know if you can feel that. I'm trying to actually open my heart. Uh, I think Madonna once told me how to do that. Uh, but I don't want to earworm anybody. But it's not that hard. It's not, it, is about, it is just about turning a key. It's not that simple, though, I've found. What I'm going to do is send my voice across the deep, dark night. I'm going to use lulling, soothing creaky dulcet tones, uh, pointless meanders, tangents, uh, superfluous, like, there'll be so much, super, like, I'll have superflu- superfluous, uh, superfluidity, fluidity, mispronunciations for sure, and word makeups. Uh, how about word makeouts? Is that, have I ever talked about that? I've probably done, whatever, 650-something intros. Have I ever said word makeouts? Maybe we could come back to that or word superflu word superfluidity. You could have superfluidity, right? Superfluidity. Instead of saying superb, uh, you say superfluidity. I guess I'm almost there on being able to say that. But let me get to the new listeners. Welcome, if you're new. Uh, give this podcast a few tries. I'm glad you tried it out. And it, like, if you're skeptical, welcome. I'm, I'm a skeptic myself, so I can't blame you for being. You say this podcast is supposed to put me to sleep. You're not even. Uh, you could barely string words together. And I say, I tell you what, in about four minutes, I may put two words on a blind date or two letters on a blind date and see if they kiss. Uh, let's you, let's just start with the dating, right? Do do we pair up vowels and consonants? Uh, uh, we'll think about that in a minute. New listeners, welcome. Give the show a few tries. It doesn't work for everybody, but for the people who works for, they say it took two or three tries before I realized uh, there was no realizing or understanding what this podcast is. It just is. It is what it is. And I could see I and S going out. Maybe, I don't know, or maybe they'd be two friends going on a double date with two other letters. Uh, uh, but if you're new, here's the structure show. First four minutes or so are business. Uh, and between the business at the top of the show and the business between the intro and the story, that's how we keep over 650 archived episodes free. And thank you to everyone that uh, 
you know, tweets and spreads a word about our sponsors or supports the show directly. Thank you so much. Uh, so that's how we keep the show free and of high quality. So thanks for sitting through that. If you're new, and then there's an intro. The intro is around 12 minutes. And normally in the intro, I try to explain what the podcast is and I don't or I go on some strange tangent where my brain just runs off with an idea like word makeouts. Uh, I'll take word makeouts. They could be on Jeopardy. I take word makeouts for 500, Alex. Alex, uh, uh, is, uh, is what is, uh, two words that may make out, uh, Oh, sorry, I was in the middle of an intro. I got to get back to you. Go ahead and do double jeopardy, whatever you need to. I probably wouldn't have, you know, I probably would have been in the negative anyway. Uh, do you have, Alex, have you ever thought about doing a jeopardy for adults that are like kids? You, you know, you have teen jeopardy, I think, college jeopardy, uh, celebrity jeopardy, regular, a tournament of champions. What about Jeopardy for like goofball? Like, but no, no, because then you'd have to have funny people. I'm talking about people like me that are a little bit off. Jeopardy for people that are a little bit off. Uh, uh, I'll take a little bit off for, for, for 1,000, Alec. Uh, what is Scooter? What is getting back to the intro? Okay. So then there's an intro. The intros are where I kind of exp- it's a monologue, I, I, I guess. Uh, where I try to explain what the podcast is for about 12 minutes. It's it's like a mix of the familiar, but it's different every time. And that is kind of part of my, like, method of, I guess, of the podcast is I want you to feel like uh, you, as you listen, you get used to it. You say, oh, this does feel like a safe place. This is my boyfriend uh, here to help me fall asleep because he's been there unable to sleep. Uh, but I also believe that the parts of your brain that can keep you up at night, whether it's by overthinking or uh, ruminating or any of that stuff, uh, that they're pretty, you know, they're, you're, you're a real intelligent person. So the brain parts, I call them brain bots, uh, they're also equally intelligent. And you can't slip, slip much by them. They need variety. Or that's at least my belief is like, uh, it'll only be distracting. If this episode, if I only did four episodes, uh, you know, you'd say, well, this routine now, Scoot's not going to put me to sleep. Like, I'd rather have you ramble about nothing that makes any sense in a different way every time. And that's what I do. Uh, so variety, they say, it's a, I don't know if it's the slice of life or the spice of life. Uh, there's two words that could date one another, slice and spice. Uh, or, would, or would those be, would those, what if we put slice and spice, we'll, we'll have slice go out with is. Uh, Okay, so we have two words paired up. You'd say, well, I thought you were doing letters. Well, actually, I'm trying to explain the podcast to new listeners. So so the intro, like some listeners get ready for bed during the intro. They prep for bed. It's like their wind-down routine. And then during the story, which comes after the intros, uh, they fall asleep. Uh, Like it's a bedtime story. Tonight it'll be a bedtime story related to an episode of Doctor Who. But it won't necessarily re- resemble the episode, except in a a foggy mirror sort of way. So it'll be lulling and soothing and rambling and t- tangential. It'll have some superflu- superfluidity. Also, I don't do this. Those ones, I wish I could say that's part of my method, but that's just how my mouth and my brain work. Uh, the connection's a little bit miswired. Organic, I've been, I'm, I'm organically miswired. 
Uh, what about a teacher name? Is Has there ever been a novel with a teacher named Miss Wired? I, I'm surprised I never had a teacher. Like, I've had a lot of teachers that if I could, if when I, when I write one of my fictional autobiographies, I'll rename them uh, Sister Mary Helen Wired. Yeah, she was my sister Wired, uh, Miss Wired. I guess Miss Wired is better than Sister Wired. Sister Wired sounds like she drinks too much coffee. Where Miss Wired, yeah, she sounds like she'd be she'd be by the book. Uh, where was I? Oh, okay. So then there's this. I'll be talking to my Doctor Who for about forty five minutes, and then there'll be some thank yous at the end. All told, I'll be here around an hour. You don't need to listen to me. You're under no pressure to listen. You can listen because if you need company in the deep dark night, I'll be here. I'll be here till the end, giving giving it my all. But, you know, I don't expect you to listen. I, I just want to keep you comforted uh, to be your companion here. And you're also under no pressure to fall asleep. That's why the shows are around an hour. So you have plenty of space to unwind, to get into bed. Maybe you start playing the podcast and you do some reading. I don't know if that like works for you or not. Or you do some, you know, do some light journaling while the intro's going. Uh, but that's that's usually how it works. Uh, and yeah, you just go to sleep at your leisure. Uh, so that's it for the new people. You're right, though. I, I I can't really imagine. I was thinking about the word makeout. Uh, oh, letter was it? Did I say word makeout or letter makeout before? What about makeup for letters? Uh, do what letters? Like what letters couldn't use makeup? I mean, you know, who, what do we say about that? Uh, I'll tell you what. I'm not a makeup artist, but I wouldn't mind putting some makeup on the letter M. Really, like a lot of space to work with and some lovely angles uh, that we could really enhance. Uh, and then maybe you'd be ma- letter M. Then you'd be maybe ready, uh, you know, to go out on the town. You know, get to know someone and see how it goes. Uh, and, you know, not necessarily, you know, just kisses on the cheek. Uh, like, because an M, you, I guess for an M, you clearly do have a cheeks, uh, at least in my imagination. Who would I fix the letter M up with? Uh, hmm. Maybe, maybe a T? Uh, like, how about a, like, uh, yeah, I could see the M and the T going out. How about a, a letter M? I'd like you to meet capital M. I'd like you to meet lowercase t. Uh, friends with both of you, and uh, I know you both enjoy uh, wearing makeup. Uh, particularly with me as a makeup makeup or whatever we call that uh, makeup artist. And I also know you love uh, listening to KDFC Classical Listener Supported Radio. And uh, I just wonder, why don't you two get to know each other? Have a chat. Uh, yeah, go off. Uh, yeah, not near the intro because I got to finish this intro up. But uh, you know, I think, I, listeners, I just, I think I successfully uh, uh, set up a date between two letters, capital M, lowercase T, and they both look great. Uh, but they both look great without makeup on too. So either way, but I think they have a lot to talk about. I think they're also into like uh, parasailing or something. Or jet ski, I, I don't know. So they have a lot to talk about, and it's like probably I, I don't know what else letters talk about. Like their favorite words they've been a part of. Uh, it would be interesting because they'll definitely have differences. That'll be good because lowercase letter, 
uh, has, you know, like an M will have a lot of experience with proper nouns and being at the front of it. It'll be like a little bit like how you're supposed to date people that are like not the same, like a lot of people, not you're supposed to. But they say, oh, the oldest sibling, you, you know what I mean? Like maybe a, like a capital M and a lowercase t. I don't know even who their who their siblings are, but you on the birth chart or whatever the heck they call that. Who would thought? Who would have thought that? Uh, <laughs> this is really intriguing to me. Uh, that's why I make this show. I think I say, well, I I could talk about this for hours, and uh, not 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 many people would want to listen. I understand that, and that's why I think it's great that you could fall asleep while I like uh, sit here and ponder. Where, where, where would I send them? Like, if if this was a game show, and then I was like paying for the date, uh, uh, like I don't know, I I think I would send them just on a walk, uh, um, maybe a makeup remove, maybe to go to a spa where you get your makeup removed, especially when I put it on, because I don't really, to be honest, I'm not an artist, I don't know what I'm doing, uh, so they could go to like an exfoliation bar, that might be nice for them. Anyway, I, I would posit, as I say every once in a while, that, that, that uh, no matter if what I said made any sense at all, oh boy, I think in the M and the T, the T just put the its head on what I believe is the M's shoulder. Very cute. They are holding hands, I think, and they're at they're they're feeding ducks at the duck pond. In in my mind, would you believe my mind? I guess you would believe it if you're a regular listener that my mind has a duck pond. And, yeah, it's pretty tepid in there, but uh, good for feeding ducks on the first date. Uh, yeah, we, let's just give them their privacy. So uh, I'm glad you're here if you're new. Podcast's a little bit different, but it takes your mind off of stuff, and you don't need to listen to it. Uh, so give it a few tries. You know, start the intro as you get ready for bed. Get used to it. Uh, ease yourself into bedtime. I'm here because I want to help uh, because I've been there. Uh, so give it a few tries, and uh, I hope I can. I work very hard, I yearn, and I strive to help you fall asleep. So thanks again for coming by, and let's keep this show going. All right, here we are. We're talking uh, Series 1, Episode 11, Boomtown, which reminds me of the song Stool Boom uh, from one of Christopher Guest's uh, great movies, uh, Waiting for Guffman. Uh, classic, uh, classic, classic film. It opens with the recap of uh, uh, two of the middle season episodes with our friends, the Slovenes, or however you correctly pronounce it. Uh, and then it says six months later, and we see a worried suit, a uh, worried suit-wearing person. Uh, we're peering inside an office. They're standing there, and the camera's slowly pulling in. Is they're talking about checking figures and being the expert, always the same result. We hear a rumbling tummy, and we realize it's Margaret, the Slovene, and then we see Margaret. Uh, she she says, why, goodness me. And then he says, Mrs. Blaine, or Miss Blaine. Uh, he says, she says, this is not going to be good for Cardiff. And she says, don't worry about it. Uh, he said, I couldn't believe it. Then he turns, she says, I got it, you know, I got a, a little uh, hunger thing going, but uh, don't worry. Nothing is more important than human life. But she says it in such an intense way, he doesn't buy it. Uh, but then he did. She, he, he says, okay, okay, I believe you. And she says, you only showed these results to me, correct? And he goes, oh, yeah. 
and he goes, oh, yeah, it's a weight off my mind. He turns his back, he takes his glasses off, and somehow by taking his glasses off, he doesn't know that uh, there's strobe light coming out as she gets out of her human suit. Uh, uh, I said, well, she's like, uh, how bad is your vision that you can't see strobe lights? And then he goes, he goes to a big farm. She sends him to the Slovene farm. And we see the opening, Boomtown, Russell, what does that say? I don't know what that says, but uh, maybe maybe Russell T. Davies did the episode. That's probably it. And then the episode proper opens at Cardiff Central, uh, number three platform, and Mickey's on the train, out, out by, down by the seaside, as uh, the song goes. And Mickey's uh, making his way across to Cardiff. Uh, we see some uh, cool Welsh, uh, like a train, like uh, you see a lot. He's in the E train. I don't know if that was second class or first class. Right, first class. Uh, he heads on the way out. He goes to a beautiful museum square with a huge, beautiful sculpture. And it looks like they're in front of a museum, and that's where the TARDIS is parked. And Mickey walks up to a beautiful day, too. And Mickey gets up, and who pops out but but Captain Jack. Uh, and he's, like, uh, grown, grown on me in one episode. He's in a blue shirt, uh, powder, it's not powder blue, but maybe it is powder blue. More of a sky, between a powder blue and a sky blue. And Jack goes, who in the heck are you? And Mickey, Mickey's got his own attitude. So he goes, who the heck am I? Who are you? And he goes, Captain Jack. And he goes, well, Jack, Jack is, well, yeah, we don't, we're not, we don't deal with door-to-door salespeople. And Mickey just walks in. Uh, Mickey's got a pretty sweet winter jacket on. And he rolls in there. He's cool now. Oh, no, that's what I put about Captain Jack. Uh and I don't know how soon it takes a doctor to say uh, Ricky, but uh, Jack says, oh, this must be Mickey, the way you talked about it. Yeah, then he goes in the TARDIS. Everybody's working. Uh, doctor has a, what are those things called? A headlamp, but it's red. And he goes, hey, hey Ricky boy, what's up? And Mickey goes, it's Mickey, dude. And Rose goes, Mickey, he's giving you a hard time. And she has a smile. And she says, uh, Mickey says, geez, you look fantastic. And they give each other a big hug. Jack gives them a hard time. And the doctor and the Jack kind of go back and forth in their own, uh, like, uh, uh, like kind of imitating Mickey and Rose. Uh, and Rose goes, I can't believe you found your, oh, no, he has Rose's password. She goes, I'm so glad you found it. He goes, yeah, here you go. And Rose goes, yeah, I can go anywhere now. And the doctor goes, you don't need a passport. And then Rose does some, like, so you know a lot's happened that we haven't seen. Because she says, oh, yeah, we went to Justica, Justica Glass Pyramid of San Colón. She goes, if I want to get into Brazil, though, I need a passport. And she's very chipper. And Mickey goes, so you're staying with the TARDIS. Uh, and then everybody's like, oh, boy. Mickey goes, so anyway, what's up in Cardiff? And, and by the way, who's this Jack, Dr. Jack Flash, Jumping Jack Flash? Uh, he goes, I don't mind you hanging out with big ears. Uh, and the doctor goes, oh, and Mickey goes, yeah, you do have big ears. Uh, uh, but Jack, uh, he goes, Jack goes, I don't know about this Jack guy. He's kind of, and Jack goes, handsome, right? I'm dashing. Mickey says, more like cheesy. 
And then Jack doesn't know that Cheesy's bad. And the doctor goes, what am I, not handsome? And no one answers. Uh, and she, Rose just says, we're just refueling. Don't get the wrong idea, Mickey or Ricky. She's got Cardiff's got this rift in the city. And uh, back in 1869, the episode with Dickens uh, was when we first saw it, the Gelth or whatever, uh, people from uh, natural, natural gas beings. And Mickey doesn't get it, really. Uh, let's see. Passport cheesy. Uh, I was thinking of a fish song rift. Uh, refuel via rift. Uh, Dickens episode. Three-person team. Uh, Mickey doesn't like that they're now a three-person team. Because uh, they kind of go off. Like, they, they answer questions as a team. Like, about the rift and all that. And the refueling. And they even, Rose and Jack, I think they give, they all like, they, they do all sorts of teamwork. Fives, hugs, uh, cheers. And Mickey goes, you think, you all think you're so clever. And they go, all three of them say, oh yeah, totally. And then they head out of the TARDIS. The doctor's like, we got 24 hours. Like, let's go do something. And uh, Mickey goes, that old woman's looking at us. And Jack goes, it's probably because we all just came out of a wooden box uh, together. And uh, Mickey goes, what are you, the captain of the innuendo squad? Which I thought, thought was funny. He, and he goes, we can't just leave your spaceship here. And Jack goes, yeah, d- doctor, why do you keep it like a police box? And Rose goes, it's cloaked. Uh, and doctor goes, yeah, it was a chameleon circuit back in the 60s. It got stuck as a police box. It used to adjust to the time. And Jack goes, well, why don't you fix it? And the doctor goes, no, I like it like this. Uh, and then Rose goes, I love it. Uh, and Mickey goes, but there's no police boxes anymore. And the doctor says, Ricky, uh, humans don't notice anything. They're worried about themselves. Uh, uh, safest place is like, uh, I think that's the last line. They go, safest place is in the middle of wide open or something. Oh, no, they, that was what the doctor was saying about Cardiff. They are like, yeah, let's go do something fun in Cardiff. Uh, and when he says safest place, it cuts to Margaret. She's in the middle of, like, a big uh, PR meeting. Uh, she's announcing a radical rethinking. Is that what she says? Uh, or something. Radical redevelopment. Uh, and then someone tries to take a picture. She goes, no, 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 no pictures. She, she goes, by the way, we're getting rid of Cardiff Castle. And we're going to pave paradise, split up a parking lot, and some a power station. And she goes, not everybody's going to like it, but, uh, you know, I'm the leader. She goes, a toast to the future. Everybody says, to the future. Mark goes, believe me, it's going to glow, that future. Uh, my personal guarantee, uh, industry, tall and proud. That was another thing she said. She says, to guarantee things are going to be great as long as I'm here on Earth. Uh, yeah, future will go. Everybody collapse or she collapse. It's a blind drug project. And then a reporter named Kathy Salt says, "Hey, uh, this project's had a lot of bad luck behind the scenes. The blind drug project." Uh, she goes, "What do you think of Cleaver's findings?" Uh, before Cleaver went to the big farm, and she goes, "Well, how did you hear about that?" She goes, "Well, I'm a reporter. They sent it to me. He sent it to me." Uh, and uh, they said, she, she said, uh, yeah, he slipped on some ice or something. And he goes, she goes, yeah, he put it on the internet on his blog or whatever. And he said that he wasn't so sure about that. And Mark goes, oh, tech, tech stuff. Who cares about tech stuff? Uh, 
And they go back and forth. Also, I noticed Margaret has a giant medal around her neck. I don't know if all, maybe all mayors wear medals in uh, the UK. I don't know. But she has a giant, like, medal, uh, like, necklace. Metal, M-E-D-A-L. Probably made of some sort of metal. Or a precious metal, yeah. Yeah, she says, well, I got to make a detour to the ladies' room. I got some tummy trouble. And uh, they're talking to each other the whole time. And, uh, you know, through the door. And she goes, what about those outlandish theories, uh, theories yours? Uh, and she goes, well, I was just reading what Cleaver wrote. And then Margaret starts changing, taking her suit off and the lights start and, and Caxi's a reporter. So she says, what's up with the lights? And she goes, oh, don't worry. They're on the blink. Uh, don't worry about it. And Kathy goes, this power plant's not going to be good for anybody. That's what Cleaver said. And she goes, are you going to report this? She goes, yeah, I have to. We have to report the facts. Uh, and then, you know, Margaret's got tummy trouble. So Kathy goes, are you okay? And she goes, yeah, just uh, don't worry about it. Uh, oh, no, she's changing. That's why. And Kathy said, by the way, my partner says don't publish it because I should just keep my job. You know, we're getting married. We're having a child. Uh, whole nine yards. Uh, you know, he's Jeffrey. He's pretty great. But, uh. Margaret changes change. She goes, oh, uh, you're going to have a child, eh? Congrats. And Kathy goes, what about you? You got family, kids, uh, husband, partner? Margaret goes, no, I'm on my own. Had a sizable family once, my wonderful, bold brothers, but now they're all in the big farm. And uh, she's out of her suit at some point around here. Kathy goes, oh, you okay? Oh, no, that's when she says sore throat. Kathy says, I have to make it public. Uh, oh, but Margaret just sits back down as she listens. She's got really big, wet eyes. Uh, they really got a lot out of the costume on this one. All on my own. Bad luck. You know, bad luck. Uh, and she goes, you know what, Kathy? It's, I'm going to be a while in here thinking about my family. Uh uh, why don't you just go on with your reporting? If you need to report that stuff, go ahead. Uh, thank you, thank you. They did put why is she thanking her so much. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was... I mean, yeah. Like, this part kind of pays off in the episode, but not directly, I don't think. Uh, then if you ever wonder what brunch with Doctor Who and Captain Jack and Rose and Mickey would be like, it's fun. And Jack is, like, hamming it up, man. Like, he's in the middle of a wild story. Even the doctor can't believe it. Uh, Rose is like, that's bonkers. Uh, and he's talking about tusks and, you know, like, uh, wild times. Uh, you know, very, like, Burning Man level beyond that. Uh, and right as Jack's about to hit the punchline, Mickey knows the punchline. He goes, oh, yeah, you should turn left at, you know, whatever. Uh, what did Bugs Bunny used to say? Pismo Beach or whatever, Albuquerque. And they laugh, and Jack goes, I should, that was my line, Mickey. But he's still amused. Uh, and Rose goes, that's a wild story. And everybody's laughing, even the doctor. Great brunch. And then the doctor looks across at a newspaper, and his face changes. Uh, then he gets up, and he goes to get the paper. And Jack's just still talking about his crazy story. And the doctor walks back with the paper. 
And he goes, I was having such a nice day. And then he holds it up. Uh, and we see Margaret telling the photographer not to take her picture. Also, Jack is like totally hip now. I guess like now his character, uh, I don't know why like this episode, uh, I guess because he's more in a position of equal position and he's not, he's on their team instead of trying to manipulate the doctor and Rose, uh, uh, I guess, uh, but then the action music kicks in and there's a really cool team walk, all of them walking together, just like a, like a superhero team. And Jack fills us in in the backstory. Uh, uh, Slovenes refer from rectochirophalapterosis or something. Uh, skin, you know, human, uh, undercover is human. We're going to do a 5756 strategy, cover all the exits. Doctor, you go in. Uh, I'll cover exit two, exit three, Mickey, exit four. You got that? And doctor's kind of giving him a blank look. He goes, by the way, who's in charge? Uh, and, uh, Jack goes, go ahead and do the orders. And the doctor just laughs. He goes, great plan. He goes, let's do that. Uh, and then Jack says, present arms and they all pull out their phones. Uh, oh yeah. Doctor had a WTF moment. And they say speed dial check, uh, and then Mickey is just like, uh, he's totally, he's the last, he doesn't know what he's doing, uh, you could tell. Then the doctor rolls up on the, the person in charge of the door, uh, like the assistant to the mayor. And he says, the mayor's around, and he, 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 he goes, she he goes, who are you? He goes, the doctor. Yeah, I'm an old friend, uh, oh, Lord Mayor, uh. And he goes, well, she's having tea. She's busy. And he goes, tell her the doctor. So in the series, he says, doctor who? He goes, right. Uh, tell her that exactly, the doctor. And he says, one second. And then he comes back. Uh, and he says, she's not there, actually. She's uh, got too much paperwork or something. The doctor's peeked in. So he goes, she's climbing out the window. He goes, yep. He goes, why don't you come back next week? Then there's more action music. Uh, then there's a chase scene. The doctor chases uh, Margaret. Uh, uh, she's on the run. And then there's some, he calls Rose. He says, heading north. And Jack, over and out. Mickey is just says, oh, goodness. Uh, and Rose and Jack are, like, jumping over things. Mickey tri trips over uh, uh, something and gets covered in toilet paper. Rose and Jack have their exits covered, but Mickey's like, then his foot's in a bucket. He's trying to run. Uh, Margaret pulls off her earrings and her necklace. Uh, Rose has her her cornered. And uh, then Jack's coming at her. But, of course, Mickey doesn't never got there in time to cover Mickey's exit. Uh, so then the doctor's chasing. He says, Margaret, hold up. Uh. And she's putting something together. And they say, who's on exit four? Mickey. And Mickey's late. Uh, and they say, well, she's not going to outrun us, but she smiles. And then she teleports out. Uh, they go, geez, she's, we're never going to catch her with a teleport. And Roska's doctor's got a reverse teleport sonic screwdriver. Uh, so then they toy with her for a little while. Uh, midday. What does that say? Oh, Mickey's late. Uh, what does that say? Sonic of FV uh, with comedy. Yeah. Oh, Sonic TV? No, that looks like an F. Uh, 
And then he said, what dad F, what did I ever do to you? Oh, I said, what dad F, but what did I ever do to you? Margaret says, and they say, yo, you're busted. Uh, they go back to her office. They say, what were you doing? Uh, yeah, you're not going to take down Cardiff Castle and put up a parking lot, pay paradise, and then uh, put up a power station, are you? And she says, yep, uh, that's what exactly what I'm going to do. And they said, you just left and then came back after everybody was gone and then uh, took over power. Why are you, what are you up to? She goes, philanthropy. And they go, this is all on top of the rift. And Margaret goes, what rift? Uh, they go, you can't put a power station on rift. It'll mess up Earth and Cardiff. Uh, isn't London watching you? And she goes, we're in Cardiff. London doesn't care. She goes, this is South Wales. And then she goes, I'm starting to sound like a Welshman. And then the doctor goes, oh, she's clever. Then they pull out the model of the power plant. Uh, and they find a waveform tribophysical tri- macrokinetic explotator or something. And uh, Jackie says, you didn't even make this, did you? Still, it also has four cup holders on it. Mark goes, yeah, I did, a little tinkering. He goes, no, 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 this is beyond you. Mickey goes, Mickey's very law and order. He goes, I bet she stole it. Uh, and Jack kind of explains that it's a pan-dimensional surfboard. Or Mickey's the one that says surfboard. And Jack says, pan-dimensional one. You just ride it away when the power station goes off. Uh and they go, you're just going to get rid of all of Earth just to get out of here? And Mark goes, like, stepping on an anthill. And the doctor's been distracted by Black Droog. And he goes, why'd you pick Black Droog? Uh, and she goes, it's Welsh. I, Welch, I, Welsh. I liked the name. And he goes, well, how'd you come up with it? She goes, random. Sounds good. And he goes, Black Droog. Uh, and Rose goes, what does it mean? He goes, bad wolf. And Rose goes, bad wolf. I've heard that. The doctor goes, everywhere we go, bad wolf, uh, two words for following us. And Rose goes, how could it be following us? And the doctor goes, yeah, maybe not. Maybe it's just a coincidence, like hearing your word on the radio and then hearing it all day long. And then they go, Margaret, we're going to take you home. And Jack goes, uh, what, we're going to let her go? And he goes, no, 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 for trial. And then uh, Rose tries to say the name of the planet, Raxa, uh, Raxa. A core, a co, a fall of a Taurus. Uh, Raxo, a core, a co, a falla patorius or something. And Rose says it in one sentence, not like me. Raxo, a core, a co, falapatorius or something. And they're all happy. Margaret's not happy for getting busted. She goes, the Slovene, she goes, we already used up all our appeals. She goes, they don't even like us on our own planet, actually. So she goes, that's not going to be good for, for anybody. And the doctor goes, not my problem. And then they're back on the TARDIS. Uh, let's see, a couple holders, bubble surfboard, uh, no appeals. Uh, Cardiff, oh, then it's Cardiff at night. Uh, they're in the TARDIS. Margaret loves the TARDIS. Uh, she goes, I love it. It's superb here. How'd you get the outside around the inside? And the doctor goes, I'm not telling you these secrets. Uh, and she's like blowing smoke at him. Oh, you're so technologically advanced. She's holding one of his ball, his thinking balls that he likes to hold. And the doctor goes, don't worship me. He goes, Jack, how's it going? Jack's like, I'm going to use this extra extrapolator 
uh, to cut off some of our power. Where'd you get it? Mark goes, airlock sale. And then Jack goes, it's a big, you must have been a big heist because it's really powerful. And Jack goes, it's going to cut 12, 12 hours off our recharge time. And the doctor goes, okay, well, that means we'll be here overnight. Uh, Mark goes, I'm in no hurry. And Rose goes, this is a police box uh, with a police, like, we're going to use it as a police box. Uh, and Mark goes, you're not really police, so uh, you're going to take me back to trial. And Mickey's all law and order. He goes, yep, you deserve it. Uh, but no one wants to look her in the eye. So she's kind of taking the moral high ground. She goes, uh, uh, it's going to be a long night. Then when it's outside, Mickey's staring at the sculpture. And Rose goes, it comes up to him. And she goes, it's cold out here. And Mickey goes, it's colder in there. And he goes, She's, she deserves to get busted. Uh, he goes, I don't like being in that box. It's too weird. And Rose goes, listen, I didn't need my passport. You know, I just wanted to see you. And Mickey goes, oh, she's, she's kind of grinning. Uh, Mickey goes, well, how about we go get a pizza? You can see she still has feelings, and he still has feelings. Uh, and he goes, yeah, cool. And they say, yeah, let's give it a go. You know, maybe, you know, maybe pizza and dessert, uh, you know, hubba hubba. And he goes, do you have to go tell the doctor you're going somewhere? And he, she goes, no, no, he's not in charge of me. And he goes, what is he going to think of the hubba hubba? And he goes, she goes, it's none of his business. Uh, and then they walk off holding hands. But then you see the doctor watching them on the TV. And Jack busts the doctor. He goes, what are you watching? Uh, and then Margaret makes a speech. Uh, and she says, geez, you know, uh, you, we, you're judging me, doctor, but let me judge you because you're always the first to leave. You don't care about the consequences. Uh, she goes, how do you feel? Uh, and the doctor goes, uh, I'm just trying to help. Uh, and Jack goes, don't engage her. And he goes, what about you, Margaret? You just vanished on your family when they were here on Earth. Uh, and she goes, yeah, well, I, it was a, not a directional teleport, so I ended up on a skip in the Isle of Dogs. Everybody laughs at that. Uh, and she goes, it's not funny. And they go, yeah, it is. And Margaret laughs. And she goes, how about I get dinner? Like, I really like a couple of restaurants here in Cardiff. Uh, also notice there's, like, some tree-like supports in the TARDIS uh, that I'd like to learn more about one day. And Jack doesn't like the, that the doctor and Margaret are going to go out to dinner. He says she's going to get it for supper, actually. She goes, do you have a strong stomach, doctor? The doctor goes, yep. Uh, so Jack has these wrist guards. He says, bring those. Uh, then we see the seaside boardwalk uh, uh, while Jack's working, like uh, a mechanic kind of. Rose and Mickey are on a date. The doctor and Margaret are kind of on a date, I guess. And I think they sit down to yeah they sit down to dinner and she goes we're on a date you don't even know my name and the doctor says it's not a date but what's your name and she goes Blonde Blonde Felfacha Passapasimir de Slovene and doctor goes nice to meet you Blonde Blonde B L O N and they're looking at the thing and she goes she goes uh, she looks across uh, the way. She goes, that's where my apartment was, is Margaret. Uh, nice little flat. Uh, she goes, I was rather content there, but uh, I guess you won't see it. She's acting like she wasn't about to, to tear down Cardiff Castle. And she goes, thank you. And she goes, Doctor, you know a lot about our species? Uh, and he goes, nah, only what I've seen. 
And then she tries to trick doctors. Uh, doctors. She goes, Raxacoralophalloporians, uh, we could do this or we could do that. Uh, but the doctor knows her tricks. He says, yeah, yeah. He goes, I know. Uh, yeah, like, uh, he goes, I know your tricks. I, I've been through them all. And doctor goes, I think I'll have steak and chips. Uh, then Rose and Mickey are walking. And it's a little bit awkward. Uh, and Rose kind of talks about another planet, uh, a woman wept or something, uh, or a statue, I don't know. Uh, she goes, there's an old beach a thousand miles across. She's just talking about the cool stuff she's seen. And Mickey goes, by the way, I'm dating Trisha Delaney. And Rose is like, say, what? Uh, awkward. Uh, she goes, from the shop? And he goes, yeah, Rob Delaney's sister. And Rose kind of says some, you know, she goes, like, uh, she's not as attractive as me, kind of. Uh, Mickey goes, tell me more about your wild journeys. And Rose goes, that's kind of it. Uh, then we go back to the doctor and Margaret. She's still trying to trick the doctor and trying to talk him out. She goes, I don't want to get busted, doctor. I want to live for free. And the doctor goes, come on, let's just see. He goes, uh. He goes, you know, at one point there was a Margaret Blaine. And so don't act like you're so great. Uh, and Margaret goes, come on, doctor, give me a chance. I can change. And the doctor goes, I don't believe you. Uh, then Rose and Mickey are sitting around. Uh, and Mickey goes, what do you want to do now, Rose? Uh, she goes, uh, I don't know. This is awkward. And Mickey goes, well, what about, uh, you know, hanging? The hanging side of Netflix and hang. And Rose goes, what about Trisha Delaney? And Mickey goes, well, we could go down and hit a bar. And Rose goes, this is too transparent, Mickey. You don't like Trisha Delaney. And he goes, how do you know? And she goes, give me a break. Uh, and Mickey goes, well, at least I know where she is. Uh, she didn't run off with some doctor in a TARDIS. And he goes, I thought we were happy together. Uh, and then, you, you know, Mickey's sad. Uh, he goes, I'm still waiting for you to come back, Rose. Uh, and I guess, am I just supposed to sit and wait for you forever? He goes, and he says, because I will. And Rose goes, I'm sorry. Uh, then we go back to the doctor. Let's see. Sh showdown date. Uh, who is trickier? Rose and Mickey, awkward. Margaret working the doctor. Uh, yes, Margaret still is trying to get the doctor. She goes, come on, like, let me off the hook. I, I've let people off the hook all the time. And the doctor goes, that's just one person. So you feel good about yourself. Cause she tells the story about the reporter and Margaret goes, what about you? She tries again to turn on the doctor. You're also happy go lucky when, you know, everywhere you go, trouble goes doctor. And she's really hamming it up. Uh, she goes, just let me go, please. Uh, and so she's using sympathy and guilt together. Then Mickey and Rose are like standing and Mickey's like, uh, Rose is looking out the water. And Mickey goes, you know, I know like, uh, he goes, how about you come back for me? You can stick with the doctor and come back for me or whatever. He goes, come on, let's work this out some way. Oh, wait, that was the other thing. And then, uh. That was with Trisha Delaney part, the real talk part. Oh, yeah, no, this is when Mickey... Okay, so Mickey needs a promise. Uh, then there's, like, thunder. 
Rose goes, is it thundering? Because it's not cloudy. And Mickey goes, who cares? Uh, and Rose goes, well, it's not thunder. I'm like acclimated to action now. Then Margaret's still working the doctor, and the doctor starts to hear the thunder. And then you can tell us, uh, st- you know, back to Mickey and Rose. Mickey's still aloof, uh, but M- Rose knows there's uh, that something's about to happen. And then the doctor tells Margaret something's about to happen. And then we realize it's like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, like, uh, like cars are driving really loud, I guess would be the equivalent of what's happening, you know, loud enough that stuff is shaking. And they say, what do, I thought there were muffler, muffler laws in Cardiff. Uh, how are we going to deal with this? What did every car's muffler stop working? Because if we're in a city that's supposed to be peaceful and now there's all this, and then, uh, Mickey's like, what are you talking about, Rose? You're trying to get away from Aren't you trying to distract things? It just, uh, is it always the doctor or me? And he goes, you just got me on a chain. Uh, and then Margaret and the doctor are running to say, what the heck is going on with the, uh, uh, mufflers? And, uh, then the doctor says, it's the TARDIS. The TARDIS is somehow overrode all the mufflers, uh, he goes, it's the rift through the TARDIS, actually, overriding all the mufflers. It's like messing everybody's ears up. It's so loud and irritating. And everybody's running around because they're like, what's up with these mufflers? Why is my car making that noise? Uh, and why are all these other cars making the noise? And then the doctor's like, it's a rift. It's not good. It's the rift. Uh, and we see Jack in the TARDIS, and there's even trouble there because there's so much muffler noise. Uh, and the rift and stuff that's overloading the TARDIS. I don't know if the TARDIS has a muffler. And so Rose runs towards uh, the TARDIS, like towards the action. Uh, then the doctor gets to the TARDIS. He says, what in the heck's going on? And he says, it's the extrapolator. He goes, it's using the TARDIS and the rift to get rid of all the um, mufflers in the city. No, in the world. And then Rose runs in, and Margaret uh, uses it to make a move on Rose, uh, the distraction. And Margaret's like, by the way, you suckers, I had this planned all along. I knew the extrapolator was going to mess with the mufflers. Uh, It was my plan B. My plan A was to use it to surf out of here. My plan B was that someone would try to make a move on me. It would overload their circuits and mess up every muffler on planet Earth if I couldn't build the power station. And she goes, just think about all the like uh, internal combustion engines being mufflerless. Uh, not good uh, for planet Earth. Really know it forever. She goes, by the way, it's permanent. And she goes, also, I have rows, so just let me surf out of here. And, uh, Jack's like, I can't shut it down, man. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh, and she goes, fly boy, put the extrapolator on my feet. Uh, and she goes, I really fooled you too, Jack. Uh, and she goes, Rose, I don't, I don't think I appreciate you. And she goes, yeah, this she goes, a magpie mind like yours, doctor. You're told, I knew you'd fall right into my trick, tricky poos. And Jack's like, this is it. It's going to, he goes, these mufflers noises are giving me a, a headache a little bit. Uh, and she goes, every, she goes, Margaret goes, all around the world, by the way. And all the headache medicine turned into crumbles. Uh, 
And she goes, I'm going to surf out of here. Stand back. Surf is up. And doctor goes, the mufflers are going to mess up the TARDIS. Uh, he goes, uh, she goes, so sue me. And the doctor goes, uh, this isn't just any source. He goes, it's the TARDIS, my TARDIS. And in a Han Solo-like proclamation, he says, the best ship in the universe. And Margaret goes, well, you should have got two mufflers, one that was anti-muffler proof. Uh, and the doctor opens up this door or panel or something, and there's this bright light. And Rose goes, what's that light? And the doctor says, the heart of the TARDIS. By the way, TARDIS is alive. Uh, he goes, here's its soul. And Margaret starts staring into it like she's totally transfixed. Uh, and she goes, it's so bright. And he goes, look at it, Margaret. And she goes, it's beautiful. And he goes, look inside, blonde fell fotch. Look at the light. Uh, and it's like one of those quiet lights that takes over everything. And she's captivated, transfixed, however you want to say it. Uh, she starts walking forward towards the light, uh, smiling in bliss. And uh, she says, thank you, doctor. And then she just steps into the light, and then her human suit, uh, her costume, uh, is gone. And the doctor says, everybody close your eyes. Shut down all the engines, uh, Jack. Uh, and, every, and he goes, Rose, do, do something, too. And then he goes, uh, we saved the day. Nicely done, everyone. Thank you all. And Rose goes, what happened to Margaret? And Jack says, that light must have uh, caused some interference or something. And the doctor goes, no, no, something more. The TARDIS doesn't work like that. And then Rose goes, where did she go? And he goes, well, she stepped into the heart of the TARDIS. Uh, he goes, the ship's telepathic. Uh, he goes, maybe the translate the raw energy can translate all kinds of thoughts. And he looks at this, her suit, uh, her costume, and he sees like a fuzzy egg. And he goes, here she is. And Rose goes, she's an egg. And the doctor goes, yeah, she's regressed to her childhood. And they say, she's an egg, she's an egg, she's an egg. That's three times that Jack, Rose, and the doctor all say that, I think. Uh, and they say, it's so cute. Uh, and then Rose goes, as soon as they, the third egg hits, Rose goes, oh, wait, speaking of uh, uh, childhood, Mickey. And she runs out uh, to go look for Mickey. And Mickey's kind of on a side street just kind of staring at everybody like who's dealing with it because now everybody's trying to write tickets for the mufflers, but the mufflers are normal again. And Rose is asking around if anybody's seen Mickey. And Mickey sees her and he just walks off. Uh, and Rose comes back to the TARDIS. Uh, the doctor goes, we're charged up. We can get out of here. He goes, that rift opening up, those mufflers are totally powered the TARDIS right up. Uh, and you can tell Rose is sad, but she goes, great. Uh, and the doctor goes, how's Mickey? And Rose goes, he's okay. He left. Uh, and then the doctor's very uh, accommodating. He says, well, if you want to wait uh, and say goodbye properly, you could. And Rose says, no, he deserves better. And then the doctor uh, kind of resigned to being the doctor says, well, off we go then. Always moving on. And uh, Jack says, next step, Raxo Corico uh, Philaptatorius or whatever. He goes, it's not often you get to say that. Uh, and they have the egg riding with them. And Doctor goes, we're just going to pop by and throw it in the hatchery. 
And Margaret uh, Slovene can live her life again, a second chance. Uh, really, everybody's happy, except for Rose. Uh, she's kind of just uh, has a blank look. She goes, uh, second chance, that'd be nice. Uh, and the episode comes to a close. Uh, so I looked up Isle of Dogs, Doctor Who, but uh, nothing came up other than, uh, the you know, Wes Anderson's got a stop-motion animation movie coming out called Isle of Dogs. Which looks pretty cool. So make sure you check that out. I think it comes out, uh, let's see a release date in here. I think it comes out probably this summer, maybe this spring. And if you liked Fantastic Mr. Fox or, you know, Wes, if you listen to this podcast, odds are you like Wes Anderson. Uh, but one other thing Margaret said was she ended up in a skip, uh, S-K-I-P, on the Isle of Dogs. And I think a skip uh, can mean... Uh, a uh, a trash uh, a dumpster. So I think that's what she meant. Is because I said skiff, and it's like no skip s k i p, and that comes up in uh, as a as a dumpster in uh, the dictionary. And then the episode takes place in front of the uh, Wales Millennium Center. And so I want to read a little bit about that. Uh, uh, the Wales Millennium Center is an art center located in the Cardiff Bay area of Cardiff, Wales, uh, 4.7 acres. Uh, uh, phase 1 was opened in November of 2004. Phase 2 opened in 2009. And it hosts uh, opera, ballet, dance, uh, theater, comedy, and musicals. Uh, it comprises one large theater, two small, smaller halls with shops, bars, and restaurants, uh, the National Opera, Dance, and Theater, and Literature Companies, uh, eight organizations are in residence there. And also the Cardiff Bay Visitor Center. Uh, main theater has 1,897 seats. Uh, one hall has 350. The other one has 250. And what happened was there was a failed Cardiff Bay Opera House project uh, uh, that was supposed to be the home for the Welsh National Opera uh, but it couldn't get uh, some of the lottery money. And then an international design competition attracted 268 applicants. Uh, it was won by Iraq-born architect uh, Zaha Hadid. And she she had an avant-garde design that was so radical uh, uh, that she was asked to submit revised designs for a second round, which she won again. A sleek and dazzling complex of sharp lines and surfaces, sur- surfaces uh, like an inverted necklace. And then that's when they pulled out of the lottery because uh, at the time uh, they said, oh, well, we're looking for something a little more mainstream. Uh, then a new project was conceived that included more than opera. And... Uh, uh, so they changed the name, and uh, they got funding from uh, uh, the Millennium Commission, but it took a long time. Uh, plus, they were it's near to the water, and uh, then uh, Donald Gordon gave us uh, some money, uh, and uh, the, the Royal Opera House and the Wales Millennium Center was spread out over five years. Uh, the center was designed by Jonathan Adams, uh, uh, from a local, per, the Percy Thomas Architects Group, uh, and, uh, you know, there was, uh, like other people who started building in 2002, 
the exterior of the building is multicolored slate from Welsh slate quarries. Narrow windows are built into the slate to give the impression of rock, uh, strata, like different layers in a cliff, uh, purple slate, uh, blue slate, green slate, uh, gray, and black. Uh, so it looks like a cliff. Uh, then the main feature, the bronze-colored dome, which covers the Donald Gordon Theater, is clad and uh, treated in copper oxide. Uh, treated to withstand the weather conditions on the Cardiff Bay waterfront and look cool when they age. Uh, they didn't use copper or aluminum because they didn't want it to change color as it aged. Uh, then the inside and the outside are really cool, too. There's some cool glass. Uh, the calligraphy on the front. Uh, inscribed on the front dome above the main entrance are two poetic lines written by, written by Welsh poet Gwyneth Lewis in Welsh and English. And in English, it says, creating truth like grass from inspiration. <laughs> oh, it's from the, it says, in these stones, horizons sing. And Gwyneth Lewis said, I wanted the words to reflect the architecture of the building. A scabber dome reminded me of the furnaces from Wales industrial heritage. And also, Caridwin's uh, uh, cauldron, uh, from which the early poet Talesian uh, received his inspiration. Awen suggests both uh, poetic inspiration and the general creative vision by which people and societies form their aspirations. Uh, it was important to me that the English words on the building not be simply a translation of the wealth, uh, but that they could have their own message. Uh, and uh, so that's pretty cool. And uh, yeah, so it's a little bit about uh, Wales uh, Millennium Center. And uh, that featured so prominently in the episode. Uh, Good night.